Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of August 21st through August 23rd, 2020. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. The box office is back, baby. After five months of being closed, the domestic box office is back. So it may just be one movie. So it's not an even 2000 screen yet. But Solstice Studios Unhinged, starring Russell Crowe, is the first wide release since the coronavirus shut down theaters in March. Time to shake off the rust and do some box office numbers analysis. Uh, and bring back some of the old box office concepts we talked around way back when. So, Unhinged opened to a gross sum of about $4 million in, 18, in 1,823 theaters across the U.S. and Canada, though final numbers haven't yet been reported from Deadline or TheNumbers.com. This is about a per-average theater, uh, per theater average of about $2,277. Uh, this does put us at number one for the weekend, though obviously there hasn't been much competition. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, top markets for this film include uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, Chicago, Atlanta, Orlando, Las Vegas, Denver, Cleveland, Toronto, and Austin. Notably, New York and California are not yet open. Uh, next week, the studio plans on expanding to 2,300 theaters, and they're going to be competing against Disney's New Mutants. This is the first weekend uh, of 2020 since the pandemic, where a film has made over $1 million in the U.S. since the pandemic began. So in a day-over-day comparison for the weekend, Friday made about $1.4 million, followed by about $1.56 million on Saturday, uh, an estimated $1.1 million coming on Sunday. Now, this is a 10% increase from Friday to, sun- to Saturday uh, compared to last week when it was only in Canadian box office uh, or movie theaters. It dropped about 8% from Friday to Saturday, which bodes well for, the box op- for, the, for this movie. Uh, the Saturday bump is more in line with typical box office performance, um, and generally also indicates decent, if not good, word of mouth. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an 80% audience score, though it does also have a 49% critic score. So Mark Gill, head of Solstice Studios, said that they were aiming for about $30 million gross in the U.S. market, given that the budget for the film was about $33 million total. Um, if you combine that with you know the other money that they, they've made overseas and the exhibitor split, I'm seeing they're probably aiming to just at the very least break even and also garner some goodwill from movie theaters, uh, given that they were like the first wide release back for the future. So how can they get to $30 million? Well, in normal times, assuming an average runtime of about 12 weeks in theaters and ignoring coming expansions, um, if the film makes about if a film on average makes about 60% of its revenue on the weekends and 40 percent on the weekdays the film would need to have about 25 percent drops week over week i.e if it made 100 this week it would make 75 next week Um, that's definitely well above average and not super realistic in normal times uh is in other terms this would need about a seven to eight times multiplier from this opening weekend to ultimately do well not impossible, but in comparison, uh, most average films uh, have about a 3x multiplier. Uh, great films like Knives Out can have an upwards of 5 or 6 times multiplier, and the true outliers are about 12 times multiplier. Um, this is, you know, good word of mouth, maybe a little bit above average given the expectation. So, you know, I could see maybe in normal times, uh, you know, 3, maybe 4x multiplier. But again, these are not normal times, so normal expectations may not apply. So first off, as noted previously, this film will be getting expansions in additional 500 theaters next week and potentially more after that. 
this again, this this does not include this current weekend does not include New York or California. In fact, if you go by um, what's known as DMAs or designated market areas, these are areas used in advertising, usually centered around metropolitan cities. Uh, a full 12 of the top 28 DMAs in the countries were closed this weekend, had the, had the movie theaters be closed. Um, so if you assume the same per theater average, but let's say you know some films that came out in August last year that are R-rated had about a 3,200 movie theater rollout, um, you would have seen something more likely like 7.28, uh, you know, opening this opening weekend, and then a week over week drop of about you know 12 week period, you know, you would instead of maybe needing 25% drops, you need only about 40% drops to get to uh, 30 30 million dollars total, um, somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe like a four to five reigns uh, multi- multiplier. Still not great, but better. Um, and again, if the total goes up in the next few weeks as the, with the expansion, you know, it has more leeway uh, to drop a little bit more, um, especially if the per theater average as it expands. Uh, steady. Uh, another caveat is, you know, the assumption that 12 weeks is the time frame that this film has to make money before it gets pulled. That's usually coming from the fact that at about 10 or 12 weeks, films will usually deprecate uh, and drop off, you know, significantly long and hard enough that it, it doesn't make sense for movies to keep uh, films in theaters because there's another film coming out that might make more money. Uh, looking at the rest of the year, there, I see maybe 12 other films that are going to be coming out Um you know, between now and the end of December, that you know would potentially replace this, and you, and I don't think that those are going. You know, a lot of the smaller films might not make it out or, or be as widespread. So, who knows? Like this may just ha- have longer than twelve weeks to, to make it out there. Um, you know, the the other part is the twelve weeks idea is that by twelve weeks, everyone who's wanted to see the film in theaters probably has seen it in theaters by that point. That's not necessarily the case here. Um, people are putting off going to the theater until later this year or even into next year. Uh, and again, movie theaters are also reducing the number of people who can enter due to local health uh, restrictions. Um, so it may be the case that 18, 24, even thirty weeks from now, unhinged may still be in theaters. Um, so as long as the per theater drop is per theater average doesn't drop too much week over week um this could have very long legs um so yeah they're also you know uh you know, of course, you also do run into potential at maybe three months down the line. VOD sales for Unhinged do come out, and uh, that ends up cannibalizing the in the ticket sales. But who knows? Maybe Solstice Studios might decide to put off the VOD release for Unhinged, and it may become the norm again to have longer a lot longer waits again. Um, you know, that said, it also does have the problem of it's not going to have any premium screens in future weeks. Uh, New Mutants next week is probably going to take over more screens, and especially Tenet, which is definitely built for the bigger screen, is also going to be uh, competing and taking more so times in the theaters and presumably bigger screens. Um, you know, if consumers are waiting to go to the movie theater, they may not go for Road Rage film, you know, unhinged, but they probably might go for Tenet. And, you know, there are people, I don't think many people who would pick Road Rage film unhinged over Tenet. So another comparison, you know, let's look at last year's films or even earlier this year. Uh, Bloodsot, the superhu- superhero comic film starring Vin Diesel from comic book publisher Valiant, uh, it opened up the week 
uh, weekend that the pandemic news pandemic news came out, um, it grossed about nine point seven nine one seven million over two thousand eight hundred sixty one theaters per theater average of three thousand two hundred eight. Um, a little bit above what Unhinged is making here, though. Obviously, they are on the downtrend as opposed to hopefully with Unhinged going on the uptrend. Um, August is also generally considered a dumping round for movies that aren't quite good good enough for the prime time of summer blockbusters since kids are heading back to school. But obviously, you know that this is not normal times and studios kind of are just having to release whenever they're able to right now. So compared to movies that came out last year, last year we had uh, on August 9th, the PG-13 horror film Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark opened in 3,135 theaters for 20.9 million per theater average of 6.7 thousand. Um, August 16th, R-rated comedy Good Boys opened in 3,204 theaters, about $21 million uh, per theater average of 6.7 thousand. Uh, and then finally, August 23rd, which is this weekend, uh, last year, R-rated action film sequel Angel Has Fallen opened in 3,296 theaters for $21 million per theater average of about 6.5K. Again, all, by these numbers, you can see that unhinged uh, 2.7K is definitely much lower than the 6 thousand dollar range of per theater average for films last year uh you know even if you control for you know only r-rated films such as the good boys or angel has fallen um it certainly is no pg-13 blockbuster fast and the furious hobbs and saw which had a fourteen thousand per theater average uh, opening weekend but again, you also have to consider that theaters have their capacity limited. This ranges from less than 30% to somewhere in the neighborhood of 50% of uh, auditorium ca- capacity. If you take a proportion of this year's per theater average versus last year's, you know, 2.7 over 6.5 thousand, you get about 35%, well, which tracks with the fact that capac- about what, what those capacity limits on theaters are, which tells me that uh, movie theaters are, you know, in the limited capacity, at capacity, um, you know, the 30% of seats that they're letting people sit in, uh, those are all getting taken up. Uh, so, you know, as much as people are able to see a film uh, or want to want to see a film, they are, and some may not even be able to. So this may have to do with pent-up demand after months of no movies. But also, you know, if people actually want to see this film, this could also bode well for having long legs. Uh, one other thing, we don't know if movie theaters are charging full price of Unhinged. AMC, for example, was charging $10 tickets to see new films, uh, presumably as a way to attract consumers back to the theaters with reduced ticket prices. Um, at least here in New York, a $10 movie, new movie ticket would be a lot cheaper than what I would normally expect uh, to see for a film here in New York. Um, this would impact the total take-home gross and these supported numbers. So there may be more people you know, even going going. Uh, since unfortunately the U.S. doesn't report total number of admissions. Uh, speaking of movie theaters, there are numbers from the three chains on how many theaters they've reopened. Uh, AMC has opened a 20% of its 661 theaters. Um, again, you know the report is from them that almost all theaters were sold out nationwide wherever they are open, though, again, this may be due to their 15-cent uh, promotion on August 20th um, and the $5 and $10 deals for... Um, for the for normal movies, uh, Regal has thirty seven percent of its five hundred thirty nine theaters, and then Cinemark has seventy percent of its five hundred twenty five theaters. Um, so yeah, that's unhinged where we are now. Um, the other top ten, I'm actually just gonna go through the top seven. Uh, in second place, we have SpongeBob, Spuns on the Run, in Canada only. Uh, it grossed uh, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars in three hundred twenty six theaters per theater average of one thousand six hundred eighty seven. Uh, there's a new film also at number three, Words on the Bath 
bathroom walls, 462,924 theaters, 4.3 theater average of $454, not super great. Uh, this is a young adult novel film about some guy with schizophrenia. Um, fourth place, you have the classic film The Goonies, uh, 260,000, didn't have a theater number for this. Um, in fifth place, we have WellGo USA uh, promoting the South Korean film uh, Cutthroat City, um, $249,000 in 389 theaters. Um, and then finally, Peninsula, at, uh, I'm going to skip seven, sixth place, but seventh place, we have Peninsula, uh, another WellGo Korean film, uh, $225,000 in 156 theaters, um, per theater average of $1,442. Uh, the film has already made $50 million worldwide ahead of the US release, so I think this is going more or less as uh, what um you know that this is already a success in my book even though it may not make as much money here in the states um i especially think that these uh you know um Asian films in general do best in California and in New York, uh, where like kind of like the the film snobs, film nerds are like myself would go to see this kind of film. And obviously, those markets are closed right now. Um, this was rebranded to be Train of Busan Presents Peninsula uh, to try to drive home that connection. Um, one other one thing we didn't see, we did not see any numbers for Warner Brothers um, release re-release of Inception for its tenth anniversary. So no idea on how that did. So that's the domestic box office. It's back. Um, the real test, of course, comes next week when we see what sort of drops we're looking at for Unhinged, as well as what the opening week numbers will be for New Mutants, um, especially as more theaters reopen next week. Um, those will tell us how leggy um, the film we can expect films to be and what the new normal will look like post-pandemic. Um, I have seen some advertising for the New Mutants, though definitely not on the scale that you would want to see for a major film. So who knows? Maybe this really is Disney just kind of like putting out there to see how it's what it's like. Um, in other box office news, we got news that Sony has set a new date for Selena Gomez produced film Broken Hearts Gallery for September 11th. Um, perhaps with some counter programming to Tenet. Um, we'll see how it does. It, I, I think they see it's more hopeful of a tone than uh, other films out there right now. Um, you know, they were pretty impressed, apparently, with Unhinged making a $4 million on its opening weekend, since it's a relatively small film. Um, though, who knows, this may actually perform closer to Words on the Bathroom Walls as a romance-type film. So who knows? Um, this also could just be Sony telling exhibitors, yeah, we still stand by you. We're going to send you movies to have in theaters and not go straight to streaming. Uh, Tenet, in the meanwhile, continues to press their advantage as the major film for returning theaters here in the States. Apparently, they're limiting it to so in drive-in theaters only where there are other uh, in traditional theaters uh, in the rest of the world um, or in the country. Um, you know, drive-in theaters have been driving most of the revenue this shutdown. Um, and with New York and California still being closed for traditional theaters, uh, drive-ins in those states are not going to be able to show tenant, apparently. Um, I don't know what the rationale here for that if for that is maybe they want to put pressure on you know governors and states to really um, you know ease up on restrictions. Uh, Governor Cuomo of New York has said that compared to gyms and bowling alleys uh, and museums, movie theaters are relatively low on his list of priorities to reopen. So I'm just wait, pay, waiting patiently for whenever that day happens to be. Uh, internationally, the previews for Tenet have started rolling in. Uh, in South Korea, it made $717,000, though apparently there was a virus flare-up that caused you know the total box office for the country to drop down 73% week over week. Um, that said, in other markets, anecdotally, it looks like you know pre-sales for Tenet's continue to be strong, um, even if maybe previews uh, don't necessarily look to be as strong. 
Uh, and then last week, you know, I had mentioned that China would likely see Mulan coming this weekend on the 28th ahead of the Disney Plus release. However, that does not seem to be the case anymore. Uh, there are no pre-sales up for China in China for Mulan. There is barely any marketing for it. Um, so in all likelihood, it looks like Mulan will come to China uh, on the 11th, um, which seems like a bad idea given that Disney, the high-definition version from Disney Plus will be available um, you know, on uh, online since it's releasing on the 4th. So I have no idea what they're trying here. Um, maybe they decide to move it to the 4th to compete with Tenet. As they said, you know, Mulan would come to, to countries with out Disney Plus on that day, but that just seems like a bad idea given the lack of marketing and also the fact that Chris Chris Nolan is huge uh, in China. So who knows? Uh, speaking of China, they had another major film open this weekend. Uh, War Epic The 800 opened to $106 million over the three-day weekend, which combined with another $30 million from previews during the week, so it's at about $140 million uh, to date. For comparison, that's the largest debut in a single territory for all of 2020, not just, you know, post-pandemic. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog opened to $116 million worldwide and $73 million domestic here in the States. So um, this is with theater capacity restrictions still in place at about 50%. So, um, you know, I think one of the interesting implications of this is that the continue, this is the marks the continued shift of China's importance to the global box office. Um, you know, if the U.S. stays shut down box office-wise for uh, another six months, three, three to six months to even a year, um, you know, China and China's already back up to fifty percent or more capacity in, in that time. You know, more films will be relying on China to really make the the big bucks, basically. So, um, you know, that just kind of continuation of this trend we're seeing in Chinese film. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, that said, I I had said last week, you know, something to underscore this. Uh, I had said last week that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was getting close to the Billion Dollar Club. It's official this week. They did cross into the Billion Dollar Club thanks to the re-release in China. Um, some fun facts. This is the 47th film ever to make uh, the top, the top uh, you know, top uh, one billion dollars which means we have three more films likely all going to come in 2021 uh, for the top 50 to be all billion dollar films um, this is the 12th franchise with multiple billion dollar films uh, this is the eighth film pre-2010 to break a billion dollars um, it's also the fourth oldest film to be a billion dollars and the third to get there due to a re-release um, I think it's also the second longest to one billion dollars from the original release date I think the oldest is Jurassic Park um, and then finally, uh, you know, shout out to John Williams. This is his sixth film that he's scored that has joined the Billion Dollar Club. I think the other one is Michael Giacchino, who also has six. Anyway, to wrap up the show, um, this isn't strictly box office news, but it is movie news that could have box office ramifications down the road. This past weekend was DC Fandom, Warner Brothers virtual event uh, to, you know, 12 hours straight of just telling us what's new, what's coming for DC, video games, comic books, and of course, movies. Um, so yeah, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 debuted its new main trailer. Um, presumably, it's still on the docket for October 2nd this year to come out, though. Uh, it does confirm only in theaters in the trailer, so no going to HBO Max, but there is no specific date. Uh, I guess Warner made Maybe hedging their bets, but um, rest of I'm pretty sure we still see this movie later this year, unless there's another flare up, you know, because of movie theaters. 
um, Matt Reeves, the Batman. Oh my God. So starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, it looked sick. Uh, I totally am really hyped in ways I wasn't expecting. I really love the, the you know, darker, not, not, not a Chris Nolan dark, but more detective style Batman. Um, the way that like Robert Pattinson says like, I am vengeance in the trailer. Just, just go watch it. It's amazing. Um, after seeing him kill it in like the lighthouse last year, um, and he has a role in Tenet coming up, this could very well be the redemption I think that DC needs in, in the direction it wants to go after. You know, that that Joker kind of started off, and this could be, um, you know, the fact that Robert Pattinson has the money to really pick the roles he wants to do after doing Twilight um, really, I think, says something about this film. Um, let's see, The Rock had an animated trailer to explain the Black Adam film. And then similarly, Sazam's sequel uh, was confirmed to be Fury of the Gods. Um, I think that it was going to be Sazam and then Sazam 2, Black Adam, and then they're going to have a crossover between Black Adam and Sazam since apparently, I think they're en- uh, enemies in the uh, in the comic book. So, you know, I really enjoyed Sazam compared to the other DC films out thus far. Uh, so I really hope they lean more into this kind of film. Um, also, Static Sock was announced to have a movie in the works, which, as a fan of the original TV show, really sparked my interest, uh, pun intended. Um, the Snyder Cut of the infamous Justice League got a trailer, which is apparently going to be a four-hour-long feature and include more of the cyborg and the flash. Um, seems like a lot, but you know, good on him and his fans for getting that out there. Of course, it's coming only to HBO Max. Um, and then finally, speaking of the Flash, they confirmed that the upcoming Flash movie will be adapting the Flashpoint comic book arc, um, which means I think that DC moving forward will be leaning more on the multiverse element of their fictional universe as opposed to Marvel, where everything takes place in one cinematic universe. So, you know, this this could open the door for more Joker-esque adaptations, which I believe they're calling Elseworlds. Um, apparently, Ben Affleck's Batman, as well as Michael Keaton's Batman, will appear in this film kind of tying in that multiple, you know, uh, multiverse uh, element of the DC universe. I think given the relative failure at building a serial universe, you know, the kind of, the, the takeaway they got from Avengers was people want serial universes. Whereas really what people want, I think, from the Avengers was the intelligent movie that eventually built into a multiverse. Whereas, you know, you really shouldn't have the first time certain characters appear on film really be that, uh, the crossover movie, right? You really should build the individual movies on there and have the strength. So, you know, I think this might be a direction to just have everyone do their own thing, maybe have knowing winks here and there um, and kind of reset everything to the status quo of building your own strong movies individually and then have a Flashpoint-esque type scenario where everyone crosses over. Um, finally, my favorite panel of the day, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Um, they revealed a ridiculously large cast for not B, even A or B tier DC characters, but like C, D, even F tier characters. Um, shout out to Peter Capaldi um, and Polka Dot Man and Michael Rooker and, you know, James and Sean Gunn as the Weasel. Like, you know, if James Gunn can pull off the same magic he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and you know my personal favorite Marvel character, Groot. Um, I have high hopes for what the Suicide Squad can do when it comes out next year. Uh, in any case, this is the end of the episode of the Box Office Watch podcast. Um, until next week, when we get to see exactly how well Tenet is doing worldwide and what the drops on Unhinged look like, as well as finally rejoice that New Mutants is finally here. Uh, in any case, shoot me an email, a feedback email at shoot me feedback via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play as well. Leave a review on your podcast service of choice or on Podchaser. That would be super helpful. I'm 
include links to those in the show notes. Numbers used in the show come from thenumbers.com. Our intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod. Find his stuff at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast. And remember, our watch goes on.